everyone. Welcome to the How to Vegan podcast or welcome back to the How to Vegan podcast if you've listened before. My name is Kristen. I'm the host of this here podcast and as always, I'm really glad you're listening. Today's going to be a really fun episode, a little more lighthearted, but like not super lighthearted, a little more easy listening than some of my other episodes, which is a nice like breakup from the super research detail information-oriented podcast. So I'm really glad that you're listening and I'm really excited to share my vegan comebacks and what I like to say when people ask me specific questions that inevitably you're going to get as a vegan. Whether you're a new vegan, you've been a vegan for a while, you're going to get specific questions. So I'm excited to kind of share what I typically say when people ask me these questions. This episode is sponsored by Holier. So stoked about it. Y'all know I love Holier. They're an amazing plant-based wellness brand designed for the needs and values of plant-based people. I have been taking their vegan multivitamin for a long time now, and I love them. Love them, love them, love them. I'm going to talk more about Holier a little bit later on in the episode, so definitely stay tuned for that. I also have a discount code for you if you want to try out their multivitamin for vegans slash plant-based eaters as well. So stay tuned for that. If you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, hit pause for just a minute and leave a rating. You can now leave a rating on Spotify. This is brand new as of maybe a month ago. So you can leave a rating just like you do on Apple Podcasts. So I'd love it if you gave the podcast a five-star rating, especially if you're enjoying it. So yeah, thank you to those of you who have already done it. And thank you to those of you who are doing it right now. And if you listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, same thing. Hit the little pause button go leave a rating and a review. It really, really helps out the podcast. So thank you again to those of you who have done that. I love reading your reviews and kind of hearing some feedback from y'all. It really means a lot to me. And I just love, love knowing that you're enjoying the podcast if you are. So thank you so much again to those of you who have done that. And if you haven't, please do. I would really appreciate it. Alrighty, let's get into today's topic, 20 vegan comebacks. So for me, one of the hardest things and biggest challenges to being vegan and living this lifestyle hasn't been finding food to eat or getting enough protein or missing cheese or bacon or any kind of animal products like that. None of that has been really hard for me at all. The hardest thing to deal with truly has been like the negative responses that come from people when they hear that you're vegan, they find out you're vegan for the first time. It's really, this truly has been like the most negative part of being vegan. And every other vegan that I've talked to has experienced something similar and people just all up in your business and wanting to know why you're just having all of the questions. And yeah, sometimes people are very genuine and kind and curious, but a lot of times people just can be a little bitchy when they're asking questions. I think they get defensive and they don't want to feel like you're attacking their decisions in life. So it can come off a little bit negative and a little bit attacky, a little bit sarcastic, sometimes mean, honestly. I've had people straight up be mean to me and ask questions in a really rude way. So 
these types of interactions really suck. Like I said, this has been the most negative part and challenging part of being vegan for sure. And when this happens to you, because it will, unless you literally don't talk to any other humans about your lifestyle at all, you, I think it's best to have some like comebacks, essentially, which is why I'm doing this episode. Some things you can say when you're asked these specific questions, just to make it easier on yourself and to make it seem like you know what you're talking about because you can get flustered and you're kind of like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And just, you can kind of seem like you don't know what you're talking about and that sucks even more. And then you just go down this whirlwind of like, it's just, it's not a good feeling. If you've been through it, you know what I'm talking about, especially if it's at like the Thanksgiving table or Christmas dinner with your family and someone asks a question and you can tell they're trying to like bring you down and make you feel shitty it just can spiral out of control and I have left the dinner table at like a Christmas dinner in tears crying because I couldn't get my point across and I just wasn't prepared for someone to kind of like attack me like that and I don't want any of you to go through anything like that although it still might happen, I think it's just helpful to have some answers prepared, at least some ideas in your head that you can kind of feel comfortable and confident going into situations like that. So if somebody does ask you a question, you have a response kind of ready and waiting. So that's, again, why I'm doing this episode. Because you don't want to damage any relationships. You don't want to come off bitchy or like a know-it-all and like you're bringing them down. You don't want to seem like you don't know what you're talking about either because you know why you're vegan, whether it's for the animals, for the environment, for your health, all three, a combination of the three, whatever it is, you know why you're vegan. And it can sometimes be hard to explain that to other people, especially in like a short, succinct way. And especially if you're all flustered, because that's where I get like, it's like my mind goes blank and I kind of forget all the things I was going to say. Because the questions and arguments really are never going to stop. As long as you're meeting new people and they find out you're vegan, this stuff is never, ever, ever going to stop. So I'm going to be offering a few suggestions for each like question or comment, but I'll tell you what I usually say. Although it does change based off of who I'm talking to and how the question was asked, for sure. It just depends on your opinions, your views on each topic. So I'm going to give like a few ideas of what you could say and I'll tell you what I usually say. So just feel free to use whatever works for you. You can use what I say word for word. You can put your own spin on it. You might think what I say is completely dumb. You're like, this is not a good answer at all. Don't use it then. Do some research or maybe write down in a notebook these questions and come up with your own answers so that you're like prepared and ready for people asking you all kinds of valid questions, ridiculous questions, asshole questions, all of the questions. So that's what I'm here for today is to help you through, navigate all those questions that are going to be flying at you when people find out you're vegan. So just some general tips for these types of conversations before I dive into like the specific questions slash comments that people are going to ask you. So first of all, People can be really, really, really mean and cruel to vegans. And it kind of sucks because we're just trying to do our part to make the world a better place. And people will mock you and be really condescending. And it gets really frustrating and it can be just overwhelming. But really try to remember to listen well and be 
relatable. Those those two things have helped a lot to really listen instead of cutting them off and being like, listen, listen, listen to me. Listen to what they're saying and try to be relatable. I think that that is really, really helpful. And I also think that being as kind and open as possible is the best approach. I know there are other vegans that don't take this approach that are more straight to the point, really blunt, and can kind of be that like negative response. And if that's how you want to respond to people, go for it. Because I know some people do respond better to that kind of blunt, forceful answer. In my experience, in my opinion, I really feel that being kind and relatable is the best approach because then people just want to listen to you more. If you're kind of a dick back to somebody who's being a dick to you, they're like, fine, well, fuck you, I'm walking away. But I've found when I'm really kind and listening and relatable and open, people keep asking questions and they're curious. They get more curious instead of defensive. And I love that because I want people to be interested and I want people to hear my point of view on things because who knows whether they go vegan right away or not a seed might be planted and they're like oh well maybe this is something that I should think about more so having that approach I think works best for me at least so keep that in mind especially because so many people already just have like a bias against veganism because of things that they've seen online or in-person encounters that they've had or whatever it is. They just might see vegans as extreme and just have like a general negative bias against vegans. So the last thing that you want to do is give them more of a reason to dislike veganism and vegans because that's not helpful to the vegan movement at all. It's not helpful to the animals to push people away even further. So be respectful, be kind, lead by example if you have to. Try to steer it in like a positive direction if possible. Try to keep your cool, which fuck, that is so hard sometimes. Like it's so hard not to lose your shit. It is just so, like I said, I have cried on more than one occasion in front of my family and friends because I just like couldn't get my point across and and then it just doesn't look good, which is totally fine. Like it's probably going to happen, but try to keep your cool, be relatable. Since most of us were once non-vegans, try to like remember what it was like to to be a non-vegan. So some saying something like I never yeah, I never thought I was going to be vegan at all. I thought the same thing about vegans, but it's one of the best things I've ever done. It just things like that make you seem more relatable, which means they're more likely to listen to what you have to say. Having some statistics on hand is also really, really helpful because if it's a statistic that's true, then you can't argue with that at all. I'm really bad at remembering like statistics and numbers, especially in like a conversation like this where it's like someone's coming at me and my mind's all over the place and I can't be like, well, this, this, this. It doesn't work that well for me, but having some statistics like on hand in your brain that you've kind of memorized can be very, very helpful because having specific facts to back up your argument is much more convincing than using like really vague language. Instead of saying eating meat is bad for the environment, saying something more like, did you know that it takes roughly 660 gallons of water to produce a single hamburger is much more effective than like, well, it's just bad for the environment. Again, probably depending on who you're talking to, but knowing some of these facts, these mind-blowing facts, is really going to help back up your argument, which I think is ideal. 
And you don't have to like win the argument. It's really not win, lose. It's for me, creating some sort of doubt in their mind about maybe eating animal products or leaving them curious, just opening up their mind a little bit to issues that maybe they have never considered before is kind of the goal for me when I have conversations like this and leaving in like a positive energy feeling from the conversation, not just leaving on like a fight argument, I won, you won type vibe, but just like, oh, that's, that is leaving me curious. That's the vibe that I want to like leave the conversation with. But yeah, I would say my number one tip really truly is to try to remain as calm as possible. It helps you keep your thoughts straight. I know how frustrating it can be when people are like living in complete opposition to something that is so important to you. And huge life decisions like what you eat do not come lightly to people. And it can be very personal. So keep that in mind. A lot of times you're just trying to share information, but this, what you eat is so personal and people can get really offended. So trying to stay calm and relatable and kind is very, very important, I think, when you're having these types of conversations. And if the conversation goes well, try to leave them with some more information that they can go seek out. Give them suggestions on some vegan documentaries you like or YouTube channels or cookbooks and say, hey, if you're interested, here's some more information. Tell them about this podcast. Say, hey, if you're interested in learning more, listen to the How to Vegan podcast. She kind of walks you through everything in kind of a kind, open-minded, non-pushy way. So give them some more information so that if they're curious, they have something to go find and do some more research or find out some more information on veganism, which is to me the point of these conversations is to leave them wanting more and maybe getting curious about it and eating less animal products, which for me is a huge win because then that means less animals are being tortured, murdered, slaughtered, killed, all of the horrible things that I am not into supporting. Okay, that was a really long intro, but I think it was really important to like to, you know, yeah, you can be sassy and kind of have some sassy answers. But really, I think having this general vibe around how you want the conversation to feel was really important to talk about before diving into the specific questions, comments, all that stuff that I want to talk about in this episode. Okay, so the first question that I get a lot is, why are you vegan? Like, oh, you're vegan? Why? something along those lines. And what I typically say is because I don't want to contribute to the unnecessary suffering and oppression of animals. That's typically like my short, succinct answer that, you know, and then if they're interested, they can kind of follow up. Some people will be like, oh, you know, and some people be like, really? Like, how does eating milk make animals suffer? So, you know, you might get a follow-up question, but that's kind of just my like non- negative vibe, but like true, honest answer. I don't want to contribute to the unnecessary suffering and oppression of animals or living beings in general. I'm vegan for the animals, so that's my answer. If you're vegan more for the environment, you could say something like, because eating a plant-based diet is the best way that I can help reduce my carbon footprint, and that's really important to me. Or I didn't feel like I could call myself an environmentalist and still be eating animal products, so it was a really easy decision for me. And if you're doing it for health reasons, you could say, my health is really important to me and I feel better than ever since going vegan. So there's some suggestions to kind of like get you thinking about what you might want to say when people are like, why are you vegan? Okay, the next question that I get a lot, especially if I haven't seen someone for a while is, are you still vegan? And my answer is, yep, I'm still vegan. I just 
keep it pretty simple. Yep, I'm still vegan. And then if they want to follow up and ask more questions, then they can. But that's kind of, that's kind of just my simple answer is, yeah, I'm still vegan. It's not just like a trend or a fad for me. Like I'm going to be vegan forever. So that one's simple for me. Like, yep, still vegan. And if they want to say why, then you can kind of follow up with that answer to the first question. Okay, the next question is probably the number one question that I get after why are you vegan is, and y'all have all heard this, I just did an episode about this a couple months ago, where do you get your protein from? Or where do you get your calcium from? Where do you get XYZ from? Typically, it'll be protein. Where do you get your protein from? And people are genuinely curious. I mean, the meat industry has done a great job of making it seem like you need to eat meat to get protein, which is not the case at all. And once you mention that you eat a plant-based diet, everyone is suddenly super concerned with your nutrient intake as a meat and dairy eater, nobody ever asked me about my protein or my nutrition intake at all. Nobody ever did. But now that I'm vegan and I've been vegan for over 10 years, so I know as soon as you mention it, everyone wants to know, oh my gosh, are you getting enough of this? Are you getting enough of this? Everyone is just all up in your business about your nutrition intake. It's really surprising, but not really because marketing in the animal product industries have done their job and made people think that you need milk for calcium and meat for protein. So it makes sense that people would be curious about it. And and now that I'm vegan, I know so much more about nutrition than I ever have, which I'm grateful for because I think everybody should know about where they're getting their nutrients from so they can eat a very healthy, balanced diet. So my answer to this question is food. I get it from food, the plants that I eat. Plant-based foods provide all of the protein, all the calcium, that you need. Another thing you could say is where do you think the animals that you're eating get their protein from? From the plants they eat. Another thing you could say is something along the lines of, well, funny you asked because vegans usually have higher amounts of blood protein than omnivores do, so I should be asking you where you get your protein from. Kind of depends on like who's asking and what the vibe is again, but there's some like suggestions. I typically just say I just, I get it from my food. Another one that's really helpful that I've found works really well is well, where do you think elephants, gorillas, and rhinos get their protein? From plants. They, those animals are herbivores and they're massive and huge and muscular and they don't eat other animals. So those are kind of like some suggestions. Again, I usually just say I get it from my food. You can get all of the protein, all of the calcium that you need from plants and you don't have to eat animals, murder animals, torture animals to get protein or calcium. It is really important to note and to know that the only exception is vitamin B12. You cannot get that from plants. It's made by bacteria, not by animals. And the animals that people are eating usually get it in supplement form, and then they're consuming the flesh from the animals, so they're getting their B12. But B12 really is the only vitamin or nutrient that vegans truly need to be super concerned with, and it is easily found in multivitamins or in fortified plant-based milks or nutritional yeast. I just take a supplement. I get it in my holier multivitamin, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And a lot of people, not just vegans and vegetarians, are low in B12. So I think a supplement for all people eating food and being alive on this planet should be taking B12 as a backup. But that is the one thing that vegans and vegetarians specifically need to be aware of and plan that out and how they're going to get that in their diet. Okay, the next comment that I get a lot is, well, the human body needs meat. And in a very like 
I know what I'm talking about. The human body needs meat. And I think the best response to this is something along the lines of actually the biggest dietetic associations in the world have stated that a well-planned vegan diet is appropriate for all stages of life from conception to death. So clearly the human body does not need meat or else they wouldn't be saying that. And when you consume meat to get specific nutrients like protein or B12, if you're eating meat just to get protein or just to get your B12, you're also ingesting saturated fat, cholesterol, hormones, antibiotics, and a lot more shitty shit that your body doesn't love or need. So you can get everything you need from plants without all of the other harmful shit like the stuff that I just mentioned. And people who eat a plant-based diet live longer on average, so clearly the human body does not need meat. It actually does better without it, and we should be much more concerned with people eating animal products versus those people who eat plants. And a lot of times people really relate to like how you feel. So you could also just say something as simple as, I've been vegan for over 10 years and I feel better than ever. Even my doctor is surprised at how healthy I am. And there are so many athletes eating a vegan diet and they're thriving without meat. So bottom line, the human body does not need meat. Another question that I get a lot is, well, what do you even eat? Like, oh my God, what do you even eat? I think a lot of people eat meat with every meal, eat dairy with every single meal. So the thought of not having that is like, well, I don't even know what you would be eating, which I mean, that totally makes sense when you haven't eaten a plant-based diet and you're including animal products with every meal. It makes sense you would be curious about that. So for me, most people seem genuinely curious about what I'm eating and they're not asking in a, in a negative way. So my answer to this question is typically just something along the lines of I eat food. I really don't see animal products as food anymore, so I don't even think twice about it. I eat plants. I eat anything I want to as long as it's not harming another living being for my pleasure or for my convenience, especially because it's not necessary at all to harm another living being. So I just eat the food that doesn't harm living beings. But I usually just say I, I eat food. I eat what I want to as long as it's not harming another living being. You could list some of your favorite meals to show them what you eat. Oh, for breakfast I eat this, lunch, dinner. Give them some ideas of what you eat to show them you eat a wide variety of foods that are really satisfying, really delicious. And you could also add that these days there's pretty much a vegan replacement for every animal product, so it's easy to substitute if I want something like that, if I want something that isn't just like a whole foods meal. I've also heard people say something like, well, there are tens of thousands of edible plant foods and only a few animals that people tend to eat over and over again. So I have a very wide variety of foods and flavors to eat. But yeah, I usually just say that I eat food <laughs> and I don't see animals as food anymore. So, and if people want to know more, then I can kind of go on. I eat food as long as it's not harming any other living beings. Okay. The next question I get a lot is, don't you miss bacon or what about cheese? Some sort of form of that kind of question. What about bacon? I could never do that. What about cheese? My answer is pretty simple to this is no, I don't miss that stuff because there's really delicious vegan versions of those foods. And so I just don't miss it. And because I don't miss the cruelty, environmental damage, health risks that come with eating traditional versions of the foods you just mentioned. Like I really truly don't miss bacon. I really truly don't miss cheese. Maybe I did for the first couple of months, but after that the cravings went away and I don't miss it at all, especially because I can get a delicious vegan version that is not harming animals. So something along those lines is usually what I say to that question. The next question slash comments, I kind of lumped a few together 
go something like, well, we've always eaten animals. It's normal. It's natural to eat animals. It's tradition. This is just the cycle of life. We have canine teeth. The fact that we have canine teeth means that we are meant to eat meat. So something along those lines is usually what I get. And people are all kind of looking for the same kind of like answer when it comes to that. So my answer is, there's a lot of things that human beings have done for millions of years that aren't the greatest, like killing each other. And just because it's a tradition or part of the culture doesn't mean it has to continue on, especially if there are other options that don't cause unnecessary suffering. So, you know, we've always eaten animals. It's tradition. That's how humans really have survived over time. We have canine teeth. It's clearly obvious that we were meant to eat meat. And also for that matter, people have also eaten plant-based diets for millions of years as well. And now that we can just buy plants instead of animals at the grocery store, we don't need to buy animal products. We now know better. So we don't have to continue doing something that we don't have to do just because we've always done it. Most people in the past didn't even question eating animals. They just assumed they were supposed to. And also, in no way are we meant to nurse from another species or even nurse as an adult to drink the milk of another species or even breast milk from our own species as an adult. In no way are we meant to do that. And we still do that. You could also say something like, well, what is natural about the way humans eat meat and kind of get into factory farming, processed meat wrapped up in plastic in the grocery stores, etc. Because that's not natural. That's not what people are thinking of. Oh, we're, we're supposed to eat meat. We've always eaten meat. It's not natural the way that we that we produce and consume the meat that we are eating these days. And as far as the canine thing goes, Human canines are much more flat and almost incapable of tearing through raw flesh. We don't have claws. We have a pretty bad sense of smell. And there are a lot of herbivores with massive canines like gorillas and hippos, and they don't eat meat. So the canine thing is really like, I mean, our canines are pretty small and tearing through raw flesh is not going to go well for us. So... The canine thing is kind of silly, but a lot of people will bring it up. I'm telling you right now, people will be like, but we have these massive canines and they're really not ideal for tearing through raw flesh. But yeah, just because we've done something for a long time doesn't mean we have to continue on, especially if we know better and it's not necessary. And if it's causing so many issues in the world with harming animals, killing animals, breeding animals into existence just to be murdered for our convenience and our pleasure for a mere meal they're being killed. If we if we know all of that, we don't have to do it anymore if it's not necessary. If we needed meat, again, if our bodies needed meat, this whole thing wouldn't even be, we wouldn't even be doing this. We wouldn't be talking about this at all right now, but we don't need meat. And if we know that, then why would we still choose the suffering and the harm to the environment and to our bodies as well? So hopefully that's helpful. I feel like I kind of rambled on with that one, but that one bothers me a lot. Okay, the next one is, but I only buy free-range meat or I only get eggs from my neighbor's backyard and I support humane slaughter. This one I get a lot too from people really understanding that the way people are producing and consuming meat is not good these days. So people are really like, but I'm doing better. And I get that they have good intentions. But my answer is, how do you humanely kill someone who doesn't want to die? That's usually, and that really gets them to kind of stop in their tracks and like, oh shit, I guess you can't. Like, so you support ending a happy life rather than a miserable one? 
Because it seems like if they're living a really happy life and they're free range or whatever, and then you kill them, that's almost worse than ending a life of an animal who's been in horrible, awful conditions. And these labels really don't mean much to the animals. They just get like a little bit different feed, a few more inches of room, maybe the possibility to get some fresh air, but they're still locked up. They still get their bodies mutilated and they still get murdered at the end of the day, completely murdered, and they want to live. And another thing is most animals are slaughtered at the human equivalent age of toddlers. So they're killing children, babies, young animals, again, for a mere meal, for pleasure and convenience when it's not necessary. But again, my answer is typically, how do you humanely kill someone who doesn't want to die? Or if they're talking about free range or backyard eggs and I usually say I don't like taking things from animals no matter what. It's just unnecessary and that's their that's their stuff. I don't need it, so I'm not going to take something from an animal. But the labels really don't mean much to the animals. And at the end of the day, they're murdered unnecessarily. And you cannot humanely kill someone who doesn't want to die. Okay, I feel like that got a little dark and heavy there for a minute. So let's take a slight break and talk about Holier for a little bit. Again, they are a plant-based wellness brand designed for the needs and values of plant-based people. They formulated a multivitamin to help optimize plant-based diets. And the multi for plant-based people includes eight vitamins and minerals that are typically missing or harder to come by on a vegan diet. So the eight vitamins and minerals included in the multi are vitamin B12, which again, we talked about. It's very important important to make sure you're getting your B12, definitely included in the multivitamin. Vitamin D3, which is another vitamin that I think most people should be consuming whether they're vegan, vegetarian, or not, because most people aren't getting exposure to the sun in amounts that they should be. It also includes omega-3, DHA and EPA, iron, iodine, selenium, zinc, and vitamin K2. So all of the things that people eating a plant-based diet need to be making sure they're getting enough of, and when you take holier, you don't even have to worry about it. The multivitamins are non-GMO, vegan, cruelty-free, nut-free, soy-free, gluten-free. There's no synthetic fillers or colorants. They're third-party tested and they're made in the USA, which is a huge bonus for me. So if you're interested in trying out Holier, then use my code HOWTOVEGAN and you'll get a 20% discount if you're a first-time customer. A link with the pre-applied discount will be in the show's description. So open up the description, click on the link, and you will be taken right to their website the discount will be applied and you can try their multi and I have a feeling you will love it just as much as I do because I can't get enough of them I think they're an awesome company and I absolutely love everything about their multivitamin okay getting back into the questions comments comebacks the next question is so do you think you're better than me then like I've had people straight up say that like oh you're vegan you think you're better than me don't you And my answer is, nope, I don't think I'm better than you because I'm vegan. I'm just trying to reduce unnecessary harm and suffering. Like, I don't think I'm better than you. I'm just doing my part to reduce unnecessary harm and suffering and environmental degradation of the planet that we live on. Or I'm trying to live a life that is aligned with my morals and values. We can all improve the way that we're living right now. And that's what I'm trying to do. And yeah, maybe some vegans are smug. Like, there are definitely the vegans that do think that they are better than you. And if you break it down, like, put two people next to each other with everything else the same, technically people who are not causing unnecessary harm and environmental harm, technically I would say are 
quote unquote better than you um, or better than the other person with everything else constant. But that really is just like pointless to even talk about whether who's better and who's not because you never know how someone else is living their life in a way that maybe is more you're more negative than they are in that specific aspect. So that whole kind of question to me is just silly. But again, it's like a response to somebody feeling like maybe you're attacking their lifestyle and their way of living and their morals and their ethics. But I usually just say, I do not think I'm better than you. I'm just really trying to live a life that's in alignment with my morals. And I'm trying to reduce unnecessary harm and suffering. And like I was saying, yeah, some vegans are smug and some people that live a vegan lifestyle are kind of douchey. But just because there's some people that are smug and douchey or whatever you want to call it is not a reason to not do the right thing. You know, because some people have that kind of holier than thou attitude around veganism doesn't mean that if you know it's the right thing to do, to not do it. Another comment that I get a lot, and I, this one is another like genuine, usually place from like kindness and really just being genuine and honest is it's too expensive to go vegan for me. It's too hard to go vegan. I don't have the time. I just can't make it work for my lifestyle. And honestly, some people can't. Some people, it maybe it is too expensive in their area to eat vegan, although the basic staples are pretty cheap and we're going to talk about in a second. But, you know, for some people that don't have the time to do all the research and don't have Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or a nice grocery store right down the street, when you only have convenience stores, gas stations, fast food restaurants within your area, it might be too hard to go vegan. Your situation is unique. Everybody's situation is unique. If you don't have the time to research, if you don't have the time to prep your food, to make the rice and beans that are cheaper, then that's totally understandable. And I am never like pushy and assume that everybody can do this because it is a big lifestyle change. But my answer typically to to comments like those is vegan staple foods are actually really, really cheap. Typically, the cheapest stuff you can buy, things like rice, beans, potatoes, oats, that's the stuff that I get most of my calories from. So it's actually pretty damn cheap. I truly, honestly, genuinely spend less on groceries now than when I ate meat, cheese, and eggs. The poorest people on the planet eat a predominantly plant-based diet, maybe some meat added in for special occasion because those staples are so cheap. And yes, it does take a little bit of time to adjust, to get used to eating this way, but it's, to me, it is so worth it to save animals' lives. I personally don't mind making some compromises for my ethics, for my morals, for what feels right for me. And once you get the hang of it, cooking a vegan meal is pretty damn fast. But... When somebody says this to you, don't assume that they have the time to research, the time to plan, the time to shop, the time to cook, that you might. They they might be living a lifestyle where they do need to rely on some of the convenience foods that they can find in their area. But educating them on the, the fact that there are these really cheap staples that are pretty quick and easy to prepare and they're available for most people at any grocery store could be a good way to kind of enlighten someone. Okay, the next comment that I get a lot is, I could never do that. I would miss bacon too much. I would miss cheese too much. I do not have the willpower. Like, good for you, but I could never do that. And this is where being relatable comes in. So uh, my answer I usually say is, dude, I thought that same thing too. But honestly, after a few weeks, my cravings pretty much entirely went away. Plus, you can find a vegan substitute for pretty much anything these days. It might not be exactly the same, but... They're pretty damn close and they do the job when I'm craving something specific. But the like relatable aspect of this I think is huge. Like I thought the same thing too. 
Like, I really, truly thought I would never be able to do this and that I would miss X, Y, and Z too much. But my cravings went away within, like, maybe a few weeks, and the substitutes are amazing these days. Oh, my God, y'all. So much better than when I first went vegan 10 years ago. The substitutes were not good. Like, bad. So, I mean, there's amazing cheeseburgers, ice cream, hot dogs, vegan seafood. There's so much out there and it's only going to get better and better. So I feel like a lot of people are going to like start realizing this and this question maybe will diminish. And another thing, you know, the willpower part, it's not about willpower for me. I just made a decision and I'm sticking with it. Like kind of like when people ask me, how do you have the motivation and the willpower to go to the gym so much? It's not about motivation for me. It's about discipline and the decision that I made and I'm sticking with it because I know that the benefits outweigh the negatives. Then it becomes pretty much second nature to me. You know, I I don't even think of animal products as food anymore. Like that's not, it's not food to me. So for me, it's, it's, it's easy. It's not willpower. I don't have to every day be like, oh, I really want this. I really want eggs for breakfast because there's so many things I can have instead of eggs, tofu scramble, the just egg omelette mix, the just egg like fold over egg things. There's so many options these days that it really is hard to kind of miss that stuff. Okay, the next one is if we weren't supposed to eat animals, why do they taste so good? And what I typically say is just because something is tasty isn't a good enough reason to torture and murder a sentient being who wants to live. Cats, dogs, even probably people would taste good, but we don't eat them. And raw uncooked flesh is not very tasty until you add a ton of herbs and spices, ketchup, barbecue sauce, whatever you like to put on your meat, all of which comes from plants. All of the stuff that you put on your meat to flavor it comes from plants typically. So yeah, I I usually just say something on along the lines of, well, just because something tastes good doesn't mean I need to like murder and torture an animal to get it. Okay, the next one is, but animals kill other animals. Like, I'm not the only animal killing another animal. Animals do this. Again, this is kind of like the circle of life. My answer is, well, they're almost always killing to survive. And the animals that are typically killing other animals are carnivorous, meaning that they need to eat meat to survive. They don't have another choice. Like if you want to live, which these animals do, then they have to kill for their survival. But what's the point of comparing yourself to a wild animal like a lion? It's not really comparable, especially because animals like lions, they fight to the death over their territories. They sometimes eat their babies. They smell each other when they get around each other. That's not stuff that humans do. So just because an animal does it doesn't mean we should do it. It's kind of just like a really interesting argument for eating meat because there's lots of stuff that animals do that we don't do. So justifying it in that way is not really, doesn't really make sense, but you'll get this one. I'm telling you, if you haven't yet, I just think that we're different from these animals and we can make a choice. We don't have to eat meat to survive. We don't have to drink the milk of another species to survive. So why, why should we? Okay, this next one happens a lot at restaurants or like uh, social gatherings, and it's, can't you just take the meat or cheese out of it or just eat around it? And for some new vegans or some vegans, it might not be like a huge issue to actually just pick out the meat or the cheese and eat the rest, which is totally fine. Like if that's fine with you, that's totally fine. But a lot of us are not super into the thought of a dead animal being in our food. And like, I just, if I knew there's like dead animal flesh in my food and it just was picked out, like I still don't really want to eat that, especially because there's usually some stuff left behind, especially if it's cheese. Like I go to this 
coffee shop in downtown Boise and they have delicious avocado toast, but it comes with feta on it. So clearly I ask for it without feta and like half the time it either has feta on it or you can tell that they like realized it and took the feta off. And there's been times where I was like, hey, I, you know, this has feta on it. I asked for it without cheese and they'll be like, oh, we'll make you a new one. And in 30 seconds, they're like, oh, here it is. And it's, you can still just like see the pieces of cheese on it. So I don't know the that bothers me, especially because if I eat any kind of like dairy, my stomach hurts really bad now. Like it does not feel good. So, and I just like, don't like the thought of consuming animal products. It just, again, it's not food to me. But sometimes I'll eat food that's been altered. Like as long as there's not a lot left, wasting to me is not smart either. Like I, I really am vegan for the environment as well and my health. Like the number one reason is animals. But if they're going to throw it away and it's just a minimal amount, sometimes I'll eat it. Or, you know, you go to Burger King and get the Impossible Whopper and ask for no mayo and you can tell they put mayo on it and then like scraped it off. Sometimes I'll eat it, you know, especially if I'm in a hurry and I'm just not in the mood and the people working were kind of weird about it or whatever. But again, that's personal preference. Some people are like, that's fucking weird. Why would you ever do that? And some people are like, oh, even if it comes with it on it, I'll just eat it because I'd rather not waste it. So this is kind of like personal preference. But a lot of people, like I usually just say, I don't see that stuff as food and I don't want it touching my food. It kind of grosses me out and I can't enjoy my meal that way. But to each their own. There are no rules. Like the only rules that there are are the rules that feel good for you. So keep that in mind as well is that there really are no specific rules. Like you got to do what feels right for you. Okay. I get this one a lot, but you can still eat fish, eggs, butter, right? You know, one of the variations of that. You still eat fish though, right? Or you still eat eggs though, right? My answer is, well, no, those things come from an animal. So no, I choose not to eat them. A lot of people just don't fully understand what veganism is, and that's totally fine. Like, I didn't fully know what it was till I learned about it either. So being nice and relatable and kind for this question, I think is helpful instead of being like, no, dumbass, those are animal products, you know? I think that being like nice about it and reminding people that no, those are animal products, I don't, I choose not to eat them is a helpful way to go about it. Sometimes I'll also say like if it had a face or a mom, I don't eat it. And that like kind of helps people understand more of what veganism is. And if they're seeming like they want a little more, sometimes I'll kind of like say something like, well, the things that have to happen in order for that fish or eggs or butter to be on your plate are really, truly, absolutely awful. And I choose not to support such cruel practices. And they're legit often much crueler than the production of meat. And that kind of gets people thinking too. And maybe they'll say, what? What do you mean? The production of butter is awful. The production of eggs is awful. There's no way. And then you can kind of like go into it a little bit more if you want to. And again, you can also add, plus the vegan alternatives these days are amazing. The substitutions for eggs and butter, they're amazing. And I truly don't miss a thing. Okay, the next one is an interesting one. And this one comes up a lot. And it is, but plants have feelings too. You know, or don't you feel bad killing the plants too? Because they clearly show signs that they can feel. And my answer always is, well, plants don't have a central nervous system or a brain, so they they don't feel pain. And even if that were the case, many more plants have to die when you eat an animal product. 
in order to have one pound of cow flesh on your plate, one pound of cow flesh, you need up to 12 pounds of grains to feed that animal beforehand. So in order to get your meat, you're actually killing way more plants than if you just were to eat a plant-based diet. So even if they did feel pain by you eating meat, you're contributing much more to the pain of plants than you would if you were to eat only plants. Some form of that is usually what I say. Plus, we have to eat something. Like, we have to eat something, and a life without eating any kind of plant for fear of hurting them is impossible. Like, we have to eat plants. Even if they did feel pain, we have to eat something. And plants definitely feel, if they do feel pain, they feel much less pain than animals do. And there haven't been any legitimate studies that prove that plants actually do feel anything. Again, how could they without a central nervous system? or a brain. Could you imagine like walking on grass or mowing grass? It would be awful then if plants did feel pain. And just because they're alive and react to stimulants doesn't mean that there's like a whole lot going on there. They do show some signs of intelligence, but sentience is the deciding factor here. They are not sentient beings. Animals, on the other hand, have a well-developed nervous system, and you can see very obviously when they're in pain. Their reaction is very clearly obvious when they're experiencing pain, and it would make no sense really at all for a plant that can't move to feel pain but not be able to do anything about it as far as like an evolutionary perspective. It really wouldn't make sense for plants to feel pain but not be able to like move or do anything about it. And a lot of people answer with like a simple, well, where would you rather take your kids, apple picking or to a slaughterhouse? And that kind of gets them thinking like, oh, yeah, clearly the animal pain is much more extreme than plants, even if they did feel pain. And that answer might be really obvious. Well, clearly apple picking, but saying that plants have feelings isn't really an argument that can be taken very seriously either because they don't have a central nervous system, they don't have a brain, and we have to eat plants. Also, if you're eating animals, like I said, you're killing way more plants than if you just were to eat the plants themselves. Okay, the next statement or comment that I have heard a couple of times, but not a lot, but I know happens and it's fucked up is you don't look like you're vegan and that's just fucking rude first of all but second of all my answer would be (laughs) what are vegans supposed to look like and if somebody said that to me like wow you don't look like you're vegan that's this this was one where I would be a little sassy back I would probably be like in a very deadpan stare what are vegans supposed to look like Because that's just, I don't know, ridiculous. But I know this happens a lot because I follow lots of people on Instagram who say this happens to them all the time, especially if they're not teeny, skinny, thin, white women doing yoga and drinking green juice. Like, oh, you don't seem vegan. But I get it because that's the whitewashed version of veganism that has been put out into the world, is that vegans live in Bali and are white, thin typically women who drink green juice and do yoga and meditate all day and don't really have any worries and are just living a life of harmony. That's kind of what's been pushed 
out there. So it makes sense that people would think that. Um, The person that would say you don't look like a vegan, that surprises me, but it happens. So yeah, I just would say, well, what are vegans supposed to look like? Vegans come in all shapes and sizes. Veganism is an ethical standpoint. It doesn't automatically mean that you eat a really healthy diet or that you're thin. It's an ethical standpoint and an ethical way of living. Like I said, vegans come in all shapes and sizes, and there's no one way that vegans look. It's just what's been portrayed in the media. So it's understandable, again, that people would think this, but fucked up to actually say that to a person. Also, vegan junk food exists. Junk food in quotes, because food is food unhealthy vegan food, whatever you want to call it, exists. Like, you can be vegan and eat Oreos and Twizzlers and french fries and potato chips and still be vegan. So it doesn't mean that you're just eating healthy if you're vegan. Again, I think this question's fucked up, but, or this statement is fucked up, but it happens. I know it happens. And if you, if somebody says that to you, I think just what are vegans supposed to look like is a good thing to get them thinking like, oh, fuck. Oops. That was rude. Or just getting them to rethink like what veganism is. Another statement or response to someone finding out you're vegan that you might get is, well, one person can't make a difference though. Like good for you, but like you're not going to make that much of a difference. So like why even bother? And what I usually say is, well, actually, since I've been vegan for over 10 years, I've saved over 3,000 animal lives and over 4 million gallons of water. And that is is making a difference. Over 3,000 animal lives. And that's like an estimation. I use the vegancalculator.com. So I'll leave a link for that and you can kind of put in how long you've been vegan and it kind of estimates. Again, it's an estimation. I've heard that it's way more than that that you're saving. I heard it's way less than that, but it's kind of like gives you an idea that you are making a difference. Even sometimes, for me, sometimes I'm like, I'm not making that big of a difference. But then you you realize, wow, I am, I am making a difference. And even if I wasn't making a difference, I can't live in a way that supports those cruel practices. So I'm making a difference. Bottom line, whether you think so or not, I'm making a difference. And the truth is that it really only takes a few people to inspire many other people. You never know who you can inspire, who you're going to inspire by living a life that is in alignment with your morals and your ethics. And every purchase, every dollar spent counts because the meat and the dairy industries are feeling the pressure and they're starting to look into producing plant-based alternatives because people are buying much more plant-based foods and cutting back a lot, especially on like milk consumption. I don't know very many people who drink actual cow's milk anymore. Yeah, they use it in baking, cooking, eat cheese, all that stuff. But in coffee and all that stuff, at least in my little bubble of friends and family, most people use non-dairy milk or plant milk instead of dairy milk. And the the meat and dairy industries are feeling the pressure and looking into ways to produce plant-based alternatives as well or instead. And if everyone had that mindset of, well, one person doesn't make a difference, then nothing would get done and everyone would just be acting like a dick all the time. And if you were next to be slaughtered at the slaughterhouse, then it would make the biggest difference if your life was spared. And I've, I have contributed to saving over 3,000 animal lives and that makes a difference. Okay, this next one, if you haven't gotten this yet, you're probably going to get it, is would you eat meat if you were stranded on a deserted island and that was the only thing to eat? Would you kill an animal and eat it? My answer first is, well, if there's animals on the island, I would just eat what they're eating. 
I would find the animals and see what they're eating and eat that. But yes, I would do whatever it took to survive. I would try to kill an animal. I don't know. I don't know how well it would go, but I would try if it, if I would, if I would do whatever it took to survive. Like that's where everything goes out the window, but we don't need to do that to survive. So that whole thing is kind of dumb. But if there's animals on the island, I would just eat what they're eating. But of course, I would try to kill an animal and eat it to survive. And I've also heard people in response to the, would you eat meat if you were on a deserted island question is, what if you lived in a civilization where there's food in abundance of all kinds, would you choose to kill animals for no reason? So kind of like putting it back in their face, which I think is kind of a cheeky answer. So again, if someone's being a huge dick to you, then maybe say something like that, which could really get them, like stop them in their tracks and be like, oh fuck, yeah, why am I doing this? But I usually kind of keep it simple on that one. And I think when I do say, yes, I would kill an animal to survive, people are taken aback and like, oh, whoa, I thought this was this extreme person that would never kill an animal. And that gets them to feel that whole like relatable thing like, oh, okay, this person isn't super out of their mind. So let me hear more. At least I found, like, sometimes that's the first question I get when people find out I'm vegan is, oh, well, if you were on a deserted island, would you eat meat? And when I say, yeah, if that was the only thing I could do to survive, their, like, walls come down a little bit and then they start asking more questions and they're more interested. So just a little something about that that I think is interesting. Okay, number 20. Yes, with consent, semen is vegan. Okay, I hope you liked this episode. I thought it was a fun one to put together and a really important one. I'm surprised I haven't done this earlier because I think it's actually really helpful. So if you liked this episode, let me know. Again, go leave a rating or a review on iTunes and let me know what you think. Come find me on Instagram at kristen.pound or at how to vegan podcast slide into my DMs. Let me know what you thought about this episode, if you liked it. I'll also be sharing some quotes like I always do on my How to Vegan podcast Instagram. So if you want to come leave a comment there and let me know what you thought about the episode, I would love that. If you have any ideas for like ways that you respond to these questions or statements um, or comments, let me know because I think it's so interesting how different everybody responds to this kind of stuff. And I just wanted to share what I say or some ideas for you. So if you're headed to a family get together or dinner or anything like that, then you're kind of a little bit more prepared and ready to take on some of these questions, comments, statements, whatever it may be. Because yeah, people are brutal to vegans. If you haven't noticed yet and you're a new vegan, then you will probably notice soon that people can be really, really mean. And I just, I think it's helpful to have some comebacks in your pocket. So yeah, I hope you liked this episode. I thought it was a a fun kind of switch up from some of my more like serious topics. Come find me on Instagram. I just told you what my accounts were. Come find me, come follow me, come chat with me, come hang with me. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast listening platform. Turn on your auto downloads. That way you'll be able to listen to the podcast wherever you are. Again, please leave a review or rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and on Spotify now. You can leave a rating, so go do it if you haven't done it yet. Feel free to share this episode with anybody who you think 
might be interested, it might be helpful for if you know someone who's a new vegan or if you want to send it to like your parents who have been asking you these types of questions and you just want them to hear it in someone else's words, feel free to send it on over to them, whoever. Send it to whoever, share it with whoever because I think it's a really, really helpful episode in lots of different ways. For the full show notes, including links to everything and anything that I might have mentioned in this episode, click on the link in the description, or you can just head straight there by typing in kristenpound.com forward slash podcasts. If you have any ideas for an episode, let me know. I get lots of suggestions and I am adding to my list almost every day and I'm so excited. I have some really good episodes coming up, so make sure you're subscribed, make sure you're paying attention, and yeah, if you have an idea for an episode that I haven't done yet, hit me up. Let me know. I love hearing y'all's ideas. But yeah, I think that's it. Thank you so much to Holier for sponsoring this episode. Again, use my code HOWTOVEGAN for a 20% discount if you're a first-time customer. A link with the pre-applied discount will be in the show's description. So click on that and you'll be all set and ready to go to try their multi for plant-based human beings. Thanks so much for listening. And I'll just catch you in the next episode of the How to Vegan podcast. Bye-bye.